get into our word on our word on tonight. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 22 today. Psalm 22. Psalm 22. And the apostle was talking this Easter Sunday about the crucifixion, and I want to spend time today uh, talking about that uh, in our study today. So again, if you open up to Psalm 22, and um, we're going to be we're going to spend most of our time there in Psalm uh, Psalm number 22. And um, the title I have is a prophetic description of Christ's crucifixion. Prophetic description of Christ's crucifixion. So let's pray and then prepare our hearts for our time the word on tonight and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for another opportunity to spend time in your word. Uh, we thank you that uh, Jesus is, is, is the reason for our existence, the reasons for our salvation and that you loved us so much that you sent him to earth to take on a horrible death so that we may have the God kind of life and have heaven as our home. We thank you so much. We invite you, Holy Spirit, as we spend time in the word today, that you'd open up our, our eyes, our understanding. And as we spend time studying your word, that we'll have a deeper and greater appreciation for all that Jesus went through for us and that he partners with us um, as we live out the Christian life here on the earth day by day. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all you're going to do and teach us here today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Bless your people. Amen. Praise God. Uh, again, we're going to go to Psalm 22. And I'm going to start in um, the King James Version, start at verse 1. We'll be looking at different versions. And uh, today, again, I want to talk about uh, the prophetic description of Christ's crucifixion. And uh, as we look at Psalm 22, uh, we'll see that it has many prophetic fulfillments about Jesus' crucifixion and something that I just recently learned the last uh, few days. Uh, Psalm 22 has many fulfillments of Jesus' crucifixion, which we'll see as we get into our study today. Um, I also read that uh, Psalm 22 was, is called the Psalm of the Cross, the Psalm of the Cross, because it so precisely or accurately portrays Christ's suffering on the cross. And as we go through this, uh, as we look at, at this psalm, uh, we'll see that the words of this psalm express an experience that's far beyond any ordinary human, ex human experience. So it'll just reinforce for us that Jesus went through something on behalf of humanity that was far beyond any experience that any human being will ever go through. And he was innocent, as we'll see, and he did it for us. And so we just thank God already for what Jesus has done for us. Um, and the Bible does say that he was tempted in all points, like we are, yet without sin. And so, uh, again, Psalm 22 uh, has many prophetic fulfillments about Jesus' uh, crucifixion. And uh, this, this idea, this crucifixion 
is, is an execution of a person uh, by nailing them or binding them to a cross. And so this crucifixion was the, the execution uh, at the time of Jesus. This crucifixion was the execution. It was the capital punishment. It was the death penalty of that day. So let's get into it. And we'll start with uh, Psalm 22 and we'll start at verse one. And the point I wanna bring out right here is that Jesus, I'm gonna say it this way. Jesus quoted a prophetic statement about being forsaken by Father God while experiencing the death penalty on the cross. Jesus quoted a prophetic statement about being forsaken by Father God while experiencing the death penalty on the cross. And right here in Psalm 22 and verse one in the King James, it says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It goes on to say, why, why art thou so far from helping me and from the, the, the words of my roaring? And so again, he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So this was over um, uh, hundreds of years before the crucifixion happened and before Jesus uh, was on the earth. And here's an exact statement that he said on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And so Jesus is expressing an abandonment while he was there on the cross. He's, ex he's expressing rejection. He's expressing being deserted, uh, being, if you will, disowned. You could also say, uh, you can say that Jesus is expressing being isolated by Father God. And as, as we know, when Jesus was on the earth, his ongoing connection with Father God was vital. But here in this instance, while he's on the cross, Father God had to let the spiritual punishment take place and not withhold uh, the punishment, or we can say the full punishment for the justice of humanity's sin to be paid legally. So in this instance, and although Jesus walked in a vital union with, with the Father, he was always connected with the Father. He was walking with the Father. He was listening to the Father. He was in constant communion with the Father. He was hearing what to do in different miracle situations, turning uh, the water into wine. He, was, he, he had his antenna turned on to the Father, and that was just a flow with the Father, the Father's Son, that was the flow. But here at this moment on the cross, he says, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And so this, uh, this ongoing connection was vital. But in this instance, the Father God had to let that punishment take place and not withhold the full punishment because justice demanded payment for humanity's sin. So he had to let the full punishment take place for uh, humanity's sin to be legally paid in full. And uh, I want to add on to that when it says, my God, my God, why has it forsaken me? And so, and so this punishment then had to be without restraint. And we know as we, uh, as we look at when Jesus was on the earth, that even darkness covered the earth. So that's how severe this punishment was, that Jesus took all the punishment in himself. 
And here it is prophesied in Psalm 22, hundreds of years, I believe a thousand years or over a thousand years before it actually came to pass. And so Jesus took, he was carrying our sins, all of our sins. He was carrying all of our diseases. So Jesus was, was the total complete sacrifice. Everything was included. So every sin had to be included. Otherwise, uh, his work was incomplete. So he took on every sin. And he had to take on every disease. Or otherwise, his work would be incomplete. So he had taken all diseases in his body. And then he had to take on the punishment or the judgment for sin. And so we thank God that he took it all. Now go with me further. We're going to go down to uh, Psalm 22, and we're going to go down to verse 6. So a very um, sober lesson and, and, and uh, a study here tonight. But this is the foundation of Christianity. If he hadn't come and died, we would not have, we would not have the, the advent of Christianity. We're going to see further the reward as we go down through this psalm. So we're going to look at Psalm 22 and verse 6. Uh, the point I want to bring out here is that while he was going through uh, this court trial and being innocently punished, the people mocked him. While he was going through his court trial and being innocently punished, he was innocent, people mocked him. In Psalm 22 and verse 6, in the King James, it says, but I am a worm and no man. It goes on to say, a reproach of men and despise of the people. Verse 7 says, all that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake their heads saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. So again, while going through his court trial and being uh, innocently punished, people mocked him. Notice it says, uh, verse 7, they laughed me to scorn. Verse 6 says, he was a reproach of man. He was despised of people. Again, verse 7, they laughed me to scorn. They shoot out at the, at the lip. They shake their head. And then notice in verse uh, 8, what they say, they said, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. So verse 8, that's what was actually said at Jesus' crucifixion. He's trusting the Lord. Let the Lord come and save him. I want to also look at this in the Amplified Bible back in verse 6. Uh, it says, but I am treated as a worm, insignificant and powerless, and not, and not a man. I am the scorn of men and despised by the people. Verse 7, all who see me laugh at me and mock me. Notice this, they insultingly open their lips. They shake their heads saying, verse 8, he trusted and committed himself to the Lord. Let him save him. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. I'm going to read it uh, also further in the Message Bible. Uh, verse 6, it says, and here I am, a nothing, an, an earthworm, something to step on, to squash. Everyone pokes fun at me. 
They make faces at me. They shake their heads. Let's see how God handles this one, since God likes him so much. Let him help him. So see how they're mocking him. Uh, the Passion Bible says, I am like a worm, crushed and bleeding crimson. So crimson, the blood. Treat it, uh, this says here, treat it as less than human. So Jesus was treated less than human. And like I said earlier in the opening, uh, he went through an experience that no other human has ever faced or ever will face. Treat it less than human, it says. I've been despised and scorned by everyone. Verse 7 says, mocked by their jeers, despised with their sneers, as all the people poke fun at me, spitting their insults. So they're spitting at him, they're insulting him. And verse 8 saying, is this the one who trusted in God? Talking about Jesus. Now let's see if Yahweh will come to your rescue. Let's see how, let's see how much he delights in him. So this is what the people are saying. They're, they're insulting Jesus. And we've gone through insults. We, we've, we've had people to insult us. We have people to mock us. But Jesus is in a unique situation. He's going through this and he's innocent. And they are insulting him and mocking him in his crucifixion. And again, this was prophesied hundreds of years, about a thousand years before it actually happened. So you can see the accuracy of the prophecy of what Jesus went through. Hallelujah. So let's go further. Let's go to uh, Psalm, uh, still Psalm 22, and let's look at verse 12. Psalm 22 and verse 12. And we're going to look at this in the Amplified Bible. So again, Jesus is going through all of this to pay the price, the complete price for humanity's sin. And we're going to keep building on it as we go through this, this psalm. But there you saw he mocked him. But here in, in Psalm 22 and verse 12 in the Amplified, the point I want to bring out here is that the, the uh, official executioners of Jesus were, were filled with what I'm calling uh, a ravening demonic vengeance against him. The official executioners of Jesus were filled with a ravening, and I'm adding the word demonic vengeance against him. So notice here in Psalm 22 and verse 12 in the Amplified Bible, it says, many enemies like bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. Verse 13, they open wide their mouths against me like a ravening and roaring lion. That's where I got the word ravening, like a ravening and roaring lion. Verse 14, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted by anguish within me. And so... The, these these executioners. It says they were they were surrounding him. Uh, they were surrounding him like 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 dogs, and we'll see that as we go down going further. But uh, these enemies, uh, they're like bulls. They they surrounded him. They they come around him, and and they're like a ravening, roaring lion. They're they're just out to devour him. 
and and I'm, I'm using the word uh, uh, demonic uh, demonic uh, uh, vengeance. Uh, I believe in the Passion Bible. One of the verses talks about uh, like like hordes, like uh, the, uh, like demonic hordes had come around him. Uh, you can imagine like uh, uh, um, dogs that's that's around uh, that's surrounding like hyenas that's around uh, 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 an innocent uh, animal. And we, we won't get to it probably today, but it talks about Jesus like a like a sheep led to the slaughter. So here he, here he is around all of these uh, these dogs, all around uh, these bulls, these lions that's ready to to tear at him. And and if you remember on on the cross and and um, if you saw the movie The Passion of the Christ, my wife just saw it here recently. Uh, how they how they just they really just tortured him. They tortured him. They're around him and they're making fun of him. They're mocking him and they're they're beating him. So they 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 tortured him. And so here it says they open their mouths like a like a ravening and, and a roaring lion. And he says, I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. And so this this was uh was the, the torture that he went through. So they, they they tortured him, they brutally tortured him. And Jesus was paying a total global punishment for sin. So as he was going through all of this, this agony, all of this physical and spiritual and emotional agony, he was paying uh, for sin's wickedness and he was paying for the sin of the whole world. He was paying for all the evil that's in the world. So all the evil that can be lashed was, was being lashed. All the unrighteousness, was being lashed. All the injustice was being lashed on him. He says, "My many enemies were like bulls. They surrounded him, so they wouldn't let him go. They were surrounding him in the court. They were surrounding him uh, as he was carrying the cross. They were surrounding him and, and jeering him and, and beating him. And even while he was on the cross, even the thieves on, on both sides, they were they were they were jeering him. Even as he was uh, dying, physically dying, there were people still jeering at him." And so I said it was like demonic. And so uh, demonic forces had unleashed everything they had because Jesus had to take on the punishment of sin. And so he, he paid the worldwide price for all sin. He took it on himself. Let's go further. And this again is prophesied hundreds of years ago before it actually happened. Go with me to Psalm 22 again and verse 15. And we look at this in the King James Version. And here it says, the point I want to bring out is that it, it, was, it is prophesied during Jesus' death on the cross that he became physically thirsty. He became physically thirsty parched. So it's prophesied, and this scripture is a prophetic reference that during Jesus' death sentence on the cross, he became physically thirsty, physically parched. Here in Psalm uh, 22 and verse 15, the King James, it says, my strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. And so he was he was thirsty. His strength was dried up. He was parched. He was thirsty. And and Jesus said 
in the New Testament, he said the words, I thirst. And the, the Bible reference says that they gave him vinegar on a sponge. And so I, I, I describe that as demonically cruel. He's thirsty, he's dying, and they give him vinegar. And yet, prophetically, all this aligned with God's plan, because here it is prophesied hundreds of years before it actually happened, that he would be thirsty. He would thirst. And so again, God was working. God's plan was being fulfilled. Hallelujah. Go with me further to Psalm 22 and verse 16. And we'll look at this in the King James Version. John, uh, Psalms 22 and verse 16 in the King James Version. The point I want to bring out here is that Jesus' death by nailing is prophesied hundreds of years before crucifixion was invented. Jesus' death by nailing is prophesied hundreds of years before crucifixion was invented. So notice here in Psalm 22, King James Version, verse 16, here it is, it says, for dogs have come, come past me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. There it is, they have pierced my hands and my feet. Verse 17, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare at me. So again, uh, verse 16, for dogs have come past me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They have pierced my hands and feet. So again, it's like the demonic hordes have come and they're working with the Roman soldiers. So again, Jesus went through an experience beyond any other human experience. He says, for dogs have come past me. And so the, the, the word dogs uh, refers to all types of evil men. So dogs have come, come past Jesus. And this is being prophesied. And it says, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. So the wicked have assembled themselves around him. He's around wicked people. And then it says, they pierce his hands and his feet. So here, uh, Jesus' death was by nailing, or we, uh, the word nailing has to do with, with fastening or pinning or tacking or hammering him to a wooden cross, a wooden stake. And so this is another reference to the crucifixion hundreds of years before it happened that Jesus went through. Again, the dogs come past me, the sin of the wicked have enclosed me, they have pierced my hands and my feet. And this was done by demonic men. And then here uh, in the New Living Translation, verse 16 says, my enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. So that's the picture I was saying earlier. Here is New Living Translation, verse 16. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. So like a pack of dogs, they were surrounding Jesus. It goes on to say, an evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Again, verse 16, my enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They pierce my hands and feet. And yes, we've gone through experiences where we may have felt surrounded. And again, Jesus was touched in all points as we were, yet without sin. 
like this pack of dogs coming around him, an evil gang encloses on him, and they pierce his hands and his feet. Again, uh, this is another prophetic reference to the crucifixion. Hallelujah. Go with me now to Psalm 22 and verse 18. Psalm 22 and verse 18 in the King James Version. And the point I want to bring out here is that it is prophesied that lots were cast for the Savior's garments. Lots were cast for the Savior's garments. If you look here in Psalm 22 and verse 18, King James, it says, they part my garments among them, and here it is, and cast lots upon my vesture. Again, they, they part my garments among them and cast lots for my vesture. New, New Living Translation says, they divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. So they're throwing dice for his clothing. So here again, it's prophesied that lots, or we could say dice, was cast for Jesus or the Savior's garments. And that's exactly what the Roman soldiers did hundreds of years later from when this psalm was, was written. They cast lots, so they threw dice for Jesus' clothes. Hallelujah. Now go with me to Psalm 22 and verse 20. Psalm 22 and verse 20. The point I want to bring out here as a faith statement, as an encouraging statement, as we kind of shift here to, we, we saw, we see the, the horrible agony that he went through. But here's a point I want to bring out here is that no one took Jesus' life. He laid it down. Hallelujah. Yes, the enemy hordes were coming against him. And yes, they, they tortured him. And he took on sin in his body. And yes, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He, he had the spiritual separation. He went through all of this agony. People were jeering at him. Friends and disciples left him. He went through all of this. And, and uh, they, they beat him. They scourged him. They, he went through all of that. But yet no one took Jesus' life. He laid it down. So look with me in Psalm 22 and verse 20. It says, deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. We said the dog refers to evil men. Verse 21, save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. Let me read this from the uh, Amplified Bible, verse 20. Rescue my life from the sword, my life, my only life, from the paw of the dog, the executioner says. So the dog says is the executioner. And that's what he said was with how the executioners were filled with demonic vengeance. They were coming at Jesus, not with a natural, but with a demonic, supernaturally demonic vengeance against him, ripping him and beating him. And so he says here uh, in the, in the uh, Amplified, rescue my life from the sword, my, my only life from the paw of the dog, the executioner, and then verse 21 says, save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. Hallelujah. So Jesus was, was answered. And then notice here in verse uh, 20 of the New Living Translation, it says, save me from the sword, spare my precious life from these dogs. Verse 21, save me from the lion's jaws 
and from the horns of these wild oxen. And so again, no one took Jesus life. He laid it down, and he he has the uh, he has the, uh, uh, the 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 ability to to raise up and have pick up his life again, take his life up again. Hallelujah. Now let's go further here in Psalm 22 and verse 22. So he went through uh, the terrible punishment, uh, the pouring out of his blood, the sacrifice, and the point I want to bring out here as we look at uh, some of the good news is that Jesus's crucifixion brings the birth of the church. Hallelujah. Jesus's crucifixion brings the birth of the church. So look here in Psalm 22 and verse 22. He says, I will tell your name to my countrymen. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Again, I will tell your name to the, to the countrymen, and in the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You can see the power of praise as well. Uh, the New Living Translation, it says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Hallelujah. Praise him among the, the, the simple people. And again, and, uh, the Amplified, it says, in the midst of the congregation. And so Jesus' crucifixion brings about the birth of the church. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe it's in uh, Acts 20 and verse 20 says that we're, we're bought with a price. And it says that price is the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so this, this, this death brings about the birth of the church. This crucifixion, this horrible crucifixion brings about the birth of the church. Hallelujah because the church was purchased by his blood, the Bible says. And so the church, this new nation has been purchased and has been inaugurated by the shed blood of Jesus, or we can say the church has been inaugurated at the crucifixion. So one of, one of Jesus's rewards is the birth of the church. One of his rewards for the crucifixion is now the church has been birthed. And so as, as he shed his blood, the church now has been birthed through his blood. And now we have redemption. We have salvation. We have eternal life. We've now become a part of his congregation. And he says here, my brothers and sisters, we've now become a part of his family, no longer separated because of what Jesus did on the cross, on the crucifixion. He brought, he brought many into the family of God. Hallelujah. Yes, it was horrible. Yes, it, 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 was, it was horrific. It was like unlike anything any other human being has ever experienced. But out of that crucifixion brought the birth of the church. Hallelujah. This new nation of people. We have the Jews. We have the Gentiles. And now we have the church. Hallelujah. The church. Which is, which, is, which is God's finest uh, organization or, or God's finest generation, we'll put it like that. God's finest generation is the church. And the Bible says, I believe it's in 1 Peter, that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special, a peculiar people, a people that belong to God, who show forth uh, uh, 
uh, the wonders of him who brought us out of darkness into the marvelous light. So his crucifixion brought forth the birth of the church. Hallelujah. And it's one of his rewards, the church. And the Bible says the church is the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. The church is a bride of Christ. So he birthed the church through his blood. Glory to God. Let's go a little further. Let's go uh, down to uh, Psalm 22 and verse 27. Psalm 22 and verse 27. In the King James Version. And the point I want to bring out here is that Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection grants him all authority in heaven and earth and it's for God's glory and honor. So Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection grants him all authority in heaven and earth for God's glory and honor. Jesus had to become a man because man had sinned. He had to undo and he had to destroy the bible says to the works of the devil he had to destroy what sin had 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 brought upon humanity and upon the world so he had to become a man he had to take on uh, the clothing of a man he had to take on flesh and then he had to die as a man and redeem man through his sacrifice and because of that crucifixion and that resurrection, that gives him legal authority. He had authority in, in, in heaven, but now he has authority on earth for God's glory and honor because he brought back what the first Adam originally lost because of sin. And so Jesus had to go through that crucifixion to purchase back uh, what, was, what was lost to Satan. He had to go through all the demonic hordes to bring back what was what was lost to Satan and restore back to humanity. And that's now through the church that's been birthed through his blood of uh, the authority that, that was originally given to the first Adam, hallelujah. And so again, his crucifixion and resurrection grants him all authority in heaven and earth for God's glory and honor. So look with me here in uh, Psalm 22 and verse 27 in the King James Version. It says, all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. In verse 28, for the kingdom is the Lord's, hallelujah, and he is the governor among the nations. Hallelujah. So because of his crucifixion and resurrection, what we see in the earlier parts of here of Psalm 22, Verse 28 now says, he, uh, he, the kingdom is the Lord. So the kingdom is his, and he is the governor among the nations. So he now has authority, authority has been granted to him in heaven and in earth. And he says that in Matthew 28, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth, and it's for God's glory and honor. So that's what he said. He said, all authority, when he rose from the dead, has been uh has been given to me in both heaven and in earth. So the kingdom is the Lord and he is the governor among the nations. He brought it all back. He restored it all back and now belongs to him, Lord to God. And because we are connected with him, it belongs to us as a church, hallelujah. The church is, is the bride of Christ 
you can say it like this, the spouse of Christ or the wife of Christ. And uh, of course I'm married and what belongs to me belongs to my wife, hallelujah. What belongs to my wife belongs to me. So what belongs to Jesus belongs to the church, the wife, the bride, hallelujah. Hallelujah, we are one, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. So if he has authority, we have authority. Hallelujah. We co-reign with him. Hallelujah. So he says, verse 28, the kingdom is the Lord's and he is the governor among the nations. Because he went through the crucifixion, he went through that, went through all of that agony and all that brutality. And he was innocent. He went through it. The, the, the natural as well as the supernatural brutality. He went through it all on our behalf so that now we can have what he has. He has authority, we have authority, glory to God. And we can exercise our authority here on the earth. He's in heaven, but we're able to exercise authority here on the earth. We can, we can speak healing, hallelujah, like he did. We can speak deliverance, we can set people free from demonic oppression, hallelujah. He can use us to be a blessing, to speak words of blessing, because we are partners with him, we're one with him. And as, a, and, and as the prayer is, as it is in heaven, so on earth, and it's through us, hallelujah, through the bride of Christ, through the spouse of Christ, through the wife of Christ, who we are co-equal, we are co-heirs with him. We're one with him legally, like I'm legally married to my wife, hallelujah, because of that blood of Jesus, we're legally one, and we can continue the works that he's done, hallelujah. Thank God for the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension that brings the authority us to us in our lives and enables us to walk through situations as he did here on the earth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Someone praise God. Hallelujah for what he went through for us. Hallelujah. So he's been given all authority uh, for, for the God's glory and, uh, and his honor. Uh, go with me to verse 30. <clears throat> verse 30. And then we'll probably look at one more. We're going to wrap up here. Um, Psalm 22 and verse 30. The point I want to bring out here is that it is prophesied that Jesus will come and finish the work the Father has for him. It is prophesied, and again, it's hundreds of years before it actually happened. It's prophesied here in Psalm 22 that Jesus will come and finish the work the Father has for him, the work that the Father has for him. So notice here in Psalm 22, I'm in the King James Version uh, in verse 30. It says, a seed shall serve him and it shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. Verse 31, they shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. So of course the church was born, here it is, that he hath done this, hallelujah that he hath done this. So again, it is prophesied that Jesus will come and finish the work that the Father has for him. Notice verse 31, it says that he has done this. And I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible because I want to bring up this, this, this point here. Uh, Amplified Bible, verse 30, it says, posterity will serve him. So because of what he's done, uh, posterity will serve him. The generations that come will serve him. Here we are 2,000 years later, and we have committed our lives 
to serving Jesus who was crucified for us and who was raised from the dead for us. Hallelujah. And so it says the posterity will serve him. So because of what he's done for us, because he was innocent, all that punishment that we went through and we, we described was really punishment that was due to us. He was innocent like a lamb and we may see if we can get to it. Uh, but he was, he was an innocent lamb. He went through all of that for us. And so really out of gratitude for what all he endured for us, verse 30 in the Amplified says, posterity will serve him. We serve him. We serve in the local church. We serve humanity. We worship God. We give him praise. We start our day praising him and thanking him. Because if it hadn't been for Jesus, I think the psalm, one psalm said, if it hadn't been for Jesus, if it hadn't been for the Lord that was on our side, we would have been, we would have been destroyed. All the things that Jesus went through was for us to avoid the destruction, for us to avoid going to hell and being eternally punished. He went through all of that so that uh, we could have a blessed life, a good life, a restored life, an empowered life, a spirit-filled life. He went through all of that so that we can have the God kind of life. Hallelujah. So again, it says, posterity will serve him. They will tell of the Lord to the next generation. And then verse 31, they will come and declare his righteousness to a people yet to be born. And here's the point I want to bring out, that he has done it. But here in Amplified it says, and that it is finished. And I heard that that, 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 that word actually means, uh, when it says he has done it, that it actually means that it is finished. And so that's another statement that Jesus said on the cross. He said, it is finished. And so again, it, this is prophesied hundreds of years before it actually happened that Jesus would come and finish the work the Father has for him. And Jesus said those three words on the cross, it is finished. So here it is hundreds of years before it actually happened. He says, it is finished. He came and he finished the work that the Father had given him to do. Hallelujah. He said on the cross, it is finished. And so as we look at Psalm 22, we realize that Jesus, though he was going through the crucifixion, the first verse, verse one says, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And then here in verse 31, it says, it is finished. The last verse in this Psalm says, it is finished. And then we see all the different things that was prophesied. And so when Jesus was going through the crucifixion, he was actually in the scriptures. He was actually inside the scriptures. He was being beaten, but he was speaking, my God, my God, why is I, he was quoting the scripture. I thirst. He was quoting the scripture. It is finished. He was quoting the scripture. Hallelujah. So he was, he was within the bounds of the scriptures when he was on the cross, doing this, this, this sorrowful time, he stayed inside the scriptures. He stayed inside the word of God. He stayed within the bounds of scriptures. And I can tell you that that, that can be a lesson for us when we're going through sorrowful times, like Jesus, his example, our challenge is to stay within the scriptures. He was speaking the scriptures, so it was like he was meditating scriptures. 
my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And then at the end, it is finished. He was going through all these things on the outside, but it was like the meditation of, of his heart and the words of his mouth was on the Lord and was on, was on the words of God. He's saying prophetically in agreement with the prophecy, it is finished. It is done. He stayed within the bounds of scriptures through the most sorrowful time, through uh, 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 a world-changing time, through uh, 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 a changing time, an uh, 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 unparalleled time. Through this unprecedented time, he stayed within the realm of the scriptures. And he was speaking scriptures as he was going through the sacrifice for humanity. He stayed within the bounds of scripture. Hallelujah. So he said on the cross, it is finished. He was within the scriptures. Hallelujah. Let me just give you a little bit more and we're going to wrap up here. I want you to go with me now to uh, Isaiah 53. And will probably wrap up here. Isaiah 53. This is another, we can call it another uh, prophecy about Jesus. Isaiah 53 in the King James Version, uh, verse 1. The point I want to bring out here is that Isaiah prophesied God's salvation plan would be hard to believe or to accept. As we looked at Psalm 22, here in Isaiah 53, verse 1, Isaiah prophesied that God's salvation, or we can say God's salvation redemption plan would be hard to believe or to accept. Again, Isaiah prophesied that God's salvation redemption plan would be hard to believe or to accept. So notice here in Isaiah 53, King James Version in verse 1, who hath believed our report? And to whom has and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Again, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I want to read this out of the Message Bible. Who believes what we've seen, what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought? God's saving power would look like this. Hallelujah. Again, so Isaiah prophesied that God's salvation plan would be hard to believe or to accept. He went through all of that in Psalm 22. And then here in, in the Message Bible in Isaiah 53 and verse 1, who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this. And he goes on to say uh, some things about Jesus. Let's look here in, in verse uh, 2, New Living Translation. He says, my servant uh, grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. 
and it goes on down to verse five, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, what he went through, with the stripes that was put on him, he was beaten, with his stripes, we are healed. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He came to bring us peace. He came to, 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 to wash away our iniquities, our sins, uh, our evil thoughts, our wrongdoings for humanity, for all humanity of all time. He came to pay the full total price. And uh, when he came, uh, it says it says here, uh, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract him. But yet he came on the father's assignment. And here in, in verse one again, who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? This, this? this humble servant came and submitted himself to God's will and became the connection between God and man, the bridge between God and man. He's called son of God. He's called son of man. He connected God and man, heaven to earth, and he brought us together. He brought humanity back to divinity so that we can walk with God as God originally intended. Thank God for Jesus. But in between that time, he went through a horrible, horrifying death and all demonic forces, all satanic forces came against him, but did not know that they were playing in God's hands and helping to fulfill God's purpose, to bring humanity, to bring you and me into the kingdom of God so that we can become the bride, the loving bride of Christ. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, not perish. And Jesus went through that point of perishing. He said, you, we will not perish, but we'll have everlasting life. We'll have eternal life. He died so that we might live. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this was this was a comp, this was a mind-bending uh, concept. This was a uh, an incomparable, incomprehensible concept. Who would believe our report that God would send his son the earth to earth in a uh, uh, in a common, ordinary fashion to save humanity, and that he would die a criminal's death. It's mind-bending, it's mystifying, it's bewildering, but this was God's plan to send his son to redeem humanity. So we thank God for his son. We're gonna wrap it up here. Let's just begin to praise God. Father, we just take this moment just to thank you from the depths of our being. We try to articulate uh, all that Jesus went through, but we can't really uh, give the adequate words for for the brutality and the torture, uh, spiritual and mental and physical and emotional that he went through for humanity. And even the whole global earth went dark because of, of the, the, the sin that he took on, but it was going through uh, a renewal of spiritual cleansing to, to bring new life and begin the birth of the church. We thank you so much that Jesus is that foundational point, that pivotal point in history where we even now have BC before Christ and AD after the death of Christ. He's that pivotal point in, in human history. 
We thank you so much, Father, that you sent your son, Jesus. May we live the Jesus life that he purchased and went through so much for us to live, to have, and to live. May we give it 100% like he gave his all, that uh, we'll present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is just our reasonable service. It's a reasonable service because of all that you've done for us. So we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. They said we had a thousand tongues. We couldn't thank you enough. We just can't thank you enough. We, we can't appreciate you enough. We couldn't save ourselves. We weren't qualified to pay the price. But he went through the sentence for us. And so we thank you so much for it. Bless every heart here that's listening and continue to minister to us and remind us the awesome price. May we continue to live for him as he did, as he gave himself for us. We thank you again. We bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We thank you for your attention and your time. We trust that God will use this uh, study time to, uh, to enlighten us and to give us a, a greater awareness of the price that, that he paid for us and how he stayed in the scriptures and how the scriptures prophesied all that he would go through on our behalf to save humanity and, and to redeem humanity. So he was like a ransom. He brought, he brought us back. So we thank God for it. This time we're going to prepare our hearts to, uh, to give and uh, they're going to put the information there uh, where you can uh, give a timely uh, link where you can be a part of, of giving uh, uh, on tonight for the service. And thank God that we're blessed to, uh, to be able to give and we want to support the ministry and be a part of, of helping to send the word out and helping to create a, a place for people to come and receive the life-changing message of the word of God so that their lives can go to another level, so their lives can excel. Um, and so we just thank God for this ministry and uh, supporting this ministry, uh, empowering this ministry to, to keep the light uh, shining. Uh, the Bible says, we're the light of the world, a city sit on the hill that cannot be hid. So we're going to continue to lift the ministry, support the ministry with our, with our giving so that it can rise up and be a light. And as our statement is, we want to give life to the community. So we're going to lift this ministry up through our giving so they can be a powerful force to change lives. So again, there's information there uh, to be a part of giving and uh, continue to believe God that he will continue to prosper us, bless us, provide for us more than enough so that we can be a blessing to his kingdom and help people uh, who, are, who, need, who, are, who are in need and help to connect them with, with Father God, who is the source. Amen. So again, there's information uh, to be a part of the giving. Again, we thank you for your time and uh, uh, pray that God will continue to, to bless us and uh, empower you. And uh, as the apostle said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer, let's stay in the scriptures, stay in the word, no matter how challenging it gets. And let's, let's continue to declare the word and fulfill the word and see the word be fulfilled in our lives. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday.